Aloha everyone, I'm your host, Christina Laney-Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today we will continue our Sustainable Leaders series and have a talk story with Daniel Donnell, the president of Trees for Honolulu's Future, a nonprofit that envisions a tree-filled island that per- preserves and enhances our quality of life, especially in the face of climate change. We will dive into the benefits of trees and how it affects our community, climate, and future. Aloha, Dan. Well, great to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming on into our office to do this podcast. So um, before we start, I usually start off with a quick bio. So I know that we already mentioned that you're the president, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about what you've done in your past. So Dan's the former president of Hawaii Coffee Company, where he led the company to record sales volume and rebranded the Icon Lion Coffee brand. Previously, he worked for Hilton Grand Vacations and Hilton Hotels in positions in Tokyo, Los Angeles, and Honolulu. Born and raised in Honolulu, a product of the Hawaii Public Schools. What school did you go to? Kalani. Kalani High School. Danelle holds a BA in political science from Colorado College and attended graduate school as a man- Monbusho. Monbusho. We'll work on your Japanese Hatsuon. <laughs> um, scholar at the University of Tokyo. So let's begin your background growing up. What would you like to share with our listeners? So I come from a big family, uh, eight children in wow. total and the youngest of eight. And as your very kind introduction uh, indicated, born and raised in Honolulu. And it was kind of crazy because when you have so many siblings, there's always something going on. And we would laugh years later that we never had a dinner without something getting spilled. So um, it was really a good time. Uh, My mom used to just say, you know, kids would say, we're bored. And she'd say, run up to the park. And you'd go (laughs) to the park and you'd play and you'd invent things and you know, at the time when you're young, you don't really appreciate it, but open space, trees, grass, being outside is really, really important in your development. Yeah. Um, quick snippet, since you mentioned that, when I did work in South Central, I worked with kids and they just had asphalt and they had, you know, up to 20 feet high, you know, chain link fences. And that was their playground. And so for a little field trip that we did for them, we took um, some of the students over to Whittier in a different like suburb mm-hmm. and just to take them to a park. And the first thing they asked is, can can we walk on the grass? And I was just like, what? So it's, it is, it's sad to see that kids these days, like they don't get to necessarily like in schools get to play on a playground with grass and trees and stuff. So This is part of the thing that, you know, kind of touches home with me on different levels. But um, why we're diving into trees as well. There's so much more to get into on that. But um, what do you do for fun now? So um, got a young son. I go to the park and uh, play with him. He likes to run, which is great. How old is he? He's seven years old. And... The problem is he's now gotten to the time where he can beat me. So um, at seven, yeah, at seven. So well, certainly on the speed side, I think I got him on the endurance side. Um, and it's just, it's as I said before, it's really important to get outside and move around. So uh, I do that for fun. I like to run uh, myself, and really, um, for me, and it's, it sounds a little bit like a cliche, but. Lifelong learning is also really important for me. So I'm part of a book club and like to uh, read new things and uh, just talk stories. So even coming today is just for me a a joy because I can learn something and I hope I can share something as well. Well, we're going to dive into the topic of trees. And since many of our listeners are green to green, they may not really know the importance of trees. I think you understand playing and running around and being under a tree at a park and everything, but they don't really actually know the true benefits of trees. Although you might have heard in social media or on anywhere over, you know, news or everything about planting trees, why we need to 
plant a billion trees or whatever. They, I don't think everybody really grasps the, the concepts and why, um, unless they dig a little deeper. So on the basic level, could you just give us some general understanding of all of this and why we're doing this? Um, yeah. Okay, that's uh, a big, <laughs> big hairy question there. And so, but I'll help guide you with these okay. questions. <laughs> well, first, a, a shameless plug, which is go to our website, uh, www.treesforhonolulu.org. Click on benefits. There's a wonderful uh, paper there posted. It's not a hard read, but it outlines all the benefits of trees, and there are many. So I'll just highlight a few uh, here, and we can dive into whatever you want to go deeper into. But, you know, the things we learned in elementary school, uh, trees create oxygen. Um, they sequester carbon. They provide shade. They keep temperatures down. You know, these are all very important sustainability uh, issues. Uh, water runoff. You think of uh, trees as important for the land. Well, they're really important for the coral reefs because as um, water runs off, you want to actually capture it on land and not have it run into the ocean. There's some surprising benefits of trees. Uh, one uh, near and dear to your heart and maybe to some of your listeners are real estate values. Trees enhance real estate values, residential real estate as well as commercial real estate. Because, you know, think about it. What would you rather have? A uh, house that has um, wonderful trees, shade, and enjoyable, or one that's denuded, as you pointed out, with uh, you know your parks or in a commercial district. Um, you see this. You can just watch. Or well, here's a great example. Think of Kapilani Boulevard and the office rents and the retail rents between downtown and Ala Moana. Contrast that with between downtown and Keamoku on South King Street. Very, very different type of environment. And uh, trees are the part that's different. We're talking about a two blocks away uh, type uh, situation. So uh, lots and lots of benefits and happy to dig into any more. Uh, but well, could you explain mm -hmm. the reef runoff, um, the, the reef protection and runoff from that? Sure. So um, when it rains, uh, built environment, things uh, go into our storm drains, into our streams, and then run into the ocean. Uh, trees and uh, permeable surfaces help absorb that rain, so there's less runoff. So with that runoff comes uh, pesticides, oils from the streets, things like that. And you'd much rather have those um, uh, that water percolate uh, into the ground and then uh, ultimately um, it really the, the islands are amazing because they, they cleanse uh, the rainwater and it becomes part of our drinking water. So it's really, really important um, uh, for trees to be a part of our uh, urban ecosystem. And that's what we're very focused on. I mean, we love trees in the mountains and the forests. Uh, but Trees for Honolulu's future is very laser focused on the urban environment. Yeah. So <clears throat> I know that we always grew up knowing that CO2, you know, with the trees and, you mm -hmm. know, that everything. But now it's such a hot topic because we're talking about climate change mitigation and everything like that. So could you explain maybe I, I have no idea like what a certain size tree actually does you know how much it does and and like how many trees do we need a plant to you know really solve some problems and things like that so there was a real interesting uh, united nations report that just came out uh, a couple weeks ago and worth googling where they the scientists uh really believe planting a certain uh, amount of acreage would really contribute to uh reducing um the uh climate change and temperature increases. Um, you know, you raise something very important, which is trees behave differently. So different kinds of trees have different kinds of benefits. Uh, so a, uh, for instance, a palm tree, which is a beautiful tree, very attractive, does not sequester as much carbon as say a monkey pod tree. Hmm. And it is a function of the, uh, the size of the trunk, the, the leaves, the branch, all the, the entire ecosystem. Uh, so um, 
you know, that's important. And, and one of the projects that Shade trees... Too. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of monkey pod trees. We love those. Uh, one of the uh, initiatives that we have, it's called Trees for Kaimaki. We're partnering with the city and county of Honolulu with Smart Trees Pacific, with the Outdoor Circle, and a really great community group called Citus, uh, Envision uh, Kaimaki. And we've got citizen foresters who are trained to go out in the community once a week and they're recording the trees that are in the public domain so the street trees in in Kaimuki or in the trees in the park and what's neat about it is uh, we measure I'm one of the volunteers we measure the diameter of the trunk we measure the canopy size and then we identify the species of trees it all goes into a database each tree has its own unique uh, GPS locator number and the algorithms behind this program will tell you the eco benefits so one of those benefits is the amount of carbon it sequesters and there's a dollar value wow. to that uh, so yeah it's a public uh, publicly accessible uh, database I'll give you the link uh, is that what's on your site where you can actually register a tree that you've that's a little different, which is that's in support of <clears throat> Mayor Caldwell's call to have 100,000 trees planted by 2025. Which we'll definitely talk about next. So, so you can record that. But uh, the what I'm talking about, the Citizen Foresters, it's um, a program called pg-cloud.com backslash Hawaii. So it's so a mouthful. all of these, I'll it's, definitely have these yeah, links and, on the, the description for yeah, the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know when you're listening to a podcast, you're driving down the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last thing you want is a URL that's exactly. 20 digits long. Yeah, so um, actually, since you did bring up the uh, mayor's commitments and things that he's been doing, I wanted to move into that next. So could you tell us a little bit more? Because the one thing that a lot of things that we cover, we even have a whole page on it for Smart Living Hawaii, is um, Hawaii Sustainable Initiatives. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are, you know, the actual documents or the... Um, synopsis or what what they're doing um, that you can learn more because there's actually a lot going on within sustainable initiatives so this was one I wanted to add to our list um, so it'll be on the website as well Um, but could you talk about the I guess the commitment that the mayor has made to increase Honolulu's urban tree canopy to 35 percent by 2035 so, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and really, I'd take a step back. It's not just the mayor. We citizens, we voted for a uh, change in the city charter to stand up that office of resiliency and sustainability. Mm-hmm. Personally, I voted for it, and I was totally surprised because uh, I thought for sure the voters would be against it because who wants more government, more offices? But uh, several years back, the, the citizens voted for it, and I credit the mayor, uh, you know, being a smart politician. He sees, whoa, people want this. Get that office going, uh, Josh Stanbro um, mm-hmm. as the chief resiliency officer. And for the mayor and for the city, it's not just just words. They're actually trying to put it into action. action. And Ola, the, the report that uh, uh, the mayor um, unveiled earlier uh, this summer, you know, it ha- has a whole multitude of actions mm-hmm. that are going to fundamentally change Hawaii for the better and it really is a call to arms because if you if we don't do these things um, we're in a world of hurt yes and and I think that's really really important so uh, credit not the politicians necessarily I credit the citizenry for for um, for seeing um, a future that they don't like and how are we going to change that and then putting um, things in place. So uh, the mayor is important to put that out, the stake in the ground with the 100,000 trees. The tree canopy goal is something that the city council actually codified in in resolution as city policy. So um, that's really important because sadly, we've been losing canopy in the urban Honolulu area. And we know this through um, LIDAR, which is a way of doing, Aerial photography and knowing what each 
kind of element is. Huh. How much are buildings? How much are roads? How much is uh, open green field? What rivers and lakes and so forth? And then also trees. So uh, we measured in 2009 the tree canopy for Honolulu and then again in 2013 and it declined. So we're really um, anxiously working with partners to get another LIDAR study of urban Honolulu because we need to know are we uh, staying the same? Are we getting worse? Or are we actually getting better and heading towards that 35% so, goal? what would you say we're at right now? So, uh, latest data we have is <clears throat> from 2013, and it's at about 22% uh, urban uh, canopy. So, we're... And we're not good. Uh, one of the ways uh, to think about it is because it's a, a number, it's hard to get your head around. Uh, and I hope many of your listeners have been to Washington, D.C., city that we most of us love, like to visit. That's 35%. Washington, D.C. is 35%. That's where we need to be. And, and when we're at 35%, we're not even, there's uh, cities in the United States at 40, 50% tree canopy cover. So, uh, but we're in the tropics. We're in the fast-growing, uh, you know, uh, environment. We're in a hot environment. Hot environment. Right uh, now, we need I... these trees. So you know, let's let's we put that stake in the ground, and, and um, my organization and many many other organizations are working to uh, get to that. that so. Number. I met you at another forum that we had a sustainable forum and had you come and speak and you did talk and I would love for you to mention this in the podcast because you were talking about just the shade, just how much of a temperature difference, like could you explain that story that you guys actually did the temperature ratings? Sure. So, you know, we just know this intuitively, but you can actually empirically measure it. So we um, took a place that was in Manoa and sidewalk and under the tree, it was nine degrees cooler than it was just out on the, on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very, very simple. I, the other day I was um, uh, going on a walk and I, I saw a woman waiting for the bus and just this, the bench and the sidewalk, hot sun. She wasn't there. She was standing two feet back from the sidewalk on the grass under a tree. Yeah. Humans are telling us what they like. They don't want to sit in the hot sun. Yeah, exactly. In, <laughs> next, <laughs> they'd rather stand uh, in, further in, away, further and, away, and and wait for the bus. So yeah, that's is very simply. Well, it is extremely hot and humid in the last, I would say, month or so, and I can only see it getting worse. But I'm also pregnant, and I'm like, wow, I really feel this heat more than, and I don't know if it's me or if it's, but everybody's saying it. So I'm like, it's. And when you're in the shade, I'm like, I always look now, can I walk in the shade? Where is the shade? Can I go under the streets? Well, congratulations <laughs> on, on uh, your pregnancy. Yeah. And, and, and think about it. You know, what kind of world do you want your child to have? Yeah. It, and it is getting And we're hotter. in Hawaii. It you is. Know, we are in Hawaii, so. Record uh, hot July. Yes. So, um, and it's only going to get worse. You know, another plug for um, the city office of, uh, and it's a mouthful, resiliency, sustainability, on yeah. and on and on, yeah. is they just recently did some heat mapping. Oh, they uh, did? So what they got yeah, were right. volunteers, and uh, they had routes, I think about a dozen routes, and they went out on a Saturday morning, uh, and then again at noon, and then again at 6 p.m., uh, with this little device on the car that measures the temperature every two seconds. And so as they're moving along between the device measuring the temperature and the GPS, they're going to be developing heat maps. And this is going to help show us where Honolulu is hot, what retains the heat, because that's a problem as well. Where we should uh, put the trees. Yeah, where, where we should, and, and, and yeah, we can overlay those aerial uh, maps and see, like, well, the, where the trees are, it's cooler. And, mm -hmm. and an important part, you know, and think about this, in a built environment, um, it's, the sun is beating down all day. It's really, really hot in the afternoon. The sun sets. It's still hot mm -hmm. because the concrete, concrete retains that heat. And this is why they measured it at three different times of the day. Mm -hmm. So fascinating um, uh, data collection. I haven't, uh, you know, 
seen the report yet, but when it comes, people should pay attention to it. So, with the 100,000 trees, and that's by 2025. That's correct. Right? Um, where, where are we now at that, and what, where are we planting? How are they doing it? So, um, it's really about lots of people doing lots of things. Um, there's a uh, terrific professor at the University of Hawaii, uh, Dr. Camilo Mora. He is uh, gearing up in uh, late October with Kupu and other partners to plant 10,000 trees in a single day. So, um, what is this? The, it's um, Dr. Mora. No, but They're, do you know the. Do they have a date yet? Oh, yeah. It's uh, October 26th, I believe. Huh. Have to should look. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, I can send you the, the links. And, and, you know, what Dr. Mora has did in last year, I mean, he's the real deal. He did a thousand trees last year in a single day. And this is hard work because you need to actually propagate the seeds to get saplings and, you know, and he's got at the Magoon Research Station at uh, University of Hawaii Manoa, uh, he's got 11,000 plants growing wow. as we speak. And how um, big are they when it, they're planting them? Just a, a couple inches uh, tall. Oh, they're not that Yeah, they're, they're not huge. Well, because it takes time. Yeah. Uh, but he's developed some techniques that will help. And this is super, super important. And if there's one takeaway for, for your listeners... It's not enough just to plant the trees. We need to malama them. We need to care for them. Maintain. So maintain them. So, so, you know, it's wonderful to go out and buy a tree and plant it. But I really implore people to think about it. And we, we talk about this on our website. Right tree, right place, right care. And so what I mean by that is the right tree, first of all. So don't plant a tree uh, that needs a lot of water in a really hot, uh, dry area. There's trees that will be more appropriate in that hot, dry area. Plant those trees. So the appropriate tree. Another reason for appropriateness, don't plant that banyan tree right next to the sidewalk. It's going to crack the sidewalk as, you know, the extensive root system yeah. goes up. So, you know, there are experts out there who can help. And on our website, we're uh, developing tools to help people identify what's appropriate. And, you know, I have this 20 square foot space and I live in a wet area and uh, it's 15 feet away from my house foundation. Oh, and by the way, it's underneath some power lines. Okay, that's going to tell you, like you know, what, what, yeah, don't <laughs> plant a tree that's going to be really tall or, or, you know, that kind of thing. So the, the um, right tree, the right place, those two things are really important, but the right care too, because a tree needs a lot of care, just like a, a child Especially in the, the first the early years the early childhood development this this is when you're gonna set that child on the right path and it's not to say that they don't need care after they turn five years old you know but the trees will just need pruning and, and other types of care but that first couple years that's what's really really important so um right tree right place right care Okay, that's good to know. And then when it comes to the different current initiatives that you guys are working on, I know that you mentioned the trees for Kamiki. Um, I was stalking your website so I can <laughs> have things to talk about. Um, <laughs> you, see, you should have been pressing that donate now button. Let's see the money flowing in. And, um, exactly. 501c3. I'm a, a, a non-profit too, so if you need... 501c3, folks. <laughs> so we have, um, I guess there was Arbor Day and then you have the, the tree tracker too. So if you want to elaborate more on some sure. of the things well, that you do. Well, um, first off, and you did a great job in the introduction, our vision is for a tree-filled island. So how are we going to do it? Our, our mission is really three-pronged. One is education, what we're doing here, talking about the benefits of trees, why trees, and so forth. Uh, the second is to coordinate and um, different parties who may or may not talk to each other. This, the, the folks at the city 
may, they might not know the nonprofits who are in the communities. Um, the arborists might not know the CEOs of different corporations. And, and so that coordination is really important. That's a, a, a part that we do. And then the facilitation of other activities. So um, on our website, we're, we're happy to promote um, whether it's Dr. Mora and his plantings or healthy climate communities in, in the Kailua and uh, Hamakua Marsh area and what they're doing. We want to facilitate others' activities. So um, we're happy to promote um, everybody doing these things that are going to make a tree-filled um, island. So um, We've got a lot cooking that we're doing, uh, but just as importantly, we've got a lot that we're um, promoting others um, and what they're up to. So Kaimuki and what you're doing there is it's almost like a pilot. Is that is that that's, the, the plan? That's correct. So trees for Kaimuki is really about focusing in on a, a defined geographic area, engaging with the community, and this is this goes to my earlier point about care. Um, it's not going to do us any good if the city just goes in and digs some holes and plants some trees in front of people's houses. The, the residents might not want it or like it. So we're engaging with residents who will actually then raise their hand and say, hey, I'll take care of that tree in front of my property. City, you come in, you plant it. Um, I'll take care of it. So um, that's a really important uh, aspect. And also by by looking at a specific geographic area, we can then make a demonstrable impact. And so then the idea is take it to Kalihi, take it to Waipahu, take it to other communities and let's uh, engage with the community. Um, and what would be wonderful is if the communities start raising their hand and say, hey, we want some of what Kaimaki got. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, really success in my mind. Yeah. And then... What are you doing, I guess, within the schools for the Kiki? So schools are a very uh, important uh, aspect because they've got land. And they also have just a lot of children with an education mission. So uh, we're uh, engaged with the DOE. There's other groups out there who are also uh, doing uh, activities and plantings uh, with the DOE and um, more to come. Uh, I think one of the challenges, uh, to be very frank with the, with the Department of Education, is it's a challenge that is, I think, my entire lifetime, which is it's big. It's a big bureaucracy. And how do you um, penetrate that and make uh, change? And, you know, you also, the same way uh, a homeowner uh, who's not part of a process might resent something, that janitor who's in charge of cutting the grass and maintaining <laughs> it would may resent someone just coming in and planting a tree and so forth because all of a sudden he or she's you know charged with maintaining um, the, the, the property. So uh, we are talking with the DOE. There's a lot of... Um, real real exciting things because think about it you can not just plant a tree but you can educate children yeah on so is there any programs with the kiki that you guys have set up already nothing set up but we are talking with the doe yeah and there's um yeah there's a lot uh, of potential i want to highlight an initiative that uh, is it and it's very um uh, embryonic stage. <laughs> uh, your baby will be here before we are. Uh, uh, but we just, excitingly, we just got a grant from uh, Kaulunani um, uh, grants that the Department of Land and Natural Resources administers. And it's working with the Honolulu Theater for Youth oh, on a uh, play about trees. And Interesting. Yeah, so what really got this going is, and I love HTY, uh, they're so creative and they put on original productions um, and um, uh, Korean Cinderella is on right now. I, I would encourage you to attend if you're <laughs> so inclined. Uh, but Shaka was one that was um, that stood out in my mind a couple years back about electricity and uh, Hawaii in the future and renewable energy. You know, so they took all of these things that your podcast talks about and 
figured out a creative way to communicate it to their target audience, which is young people, elementary school age children and their families. So we just got a, a small grant to work with HGY on developing a theatrical treatment for trees. Awesome. And um, yeah, well, thank you. It's uh, That'll be interesting. I'll it's, take it's, my daughter. It's going to be great. Uh, we just haven't done it yet. Uh, and what really prompted that was a, a article uh, in Civil Beat that uh, Trees for Honolulu's Future are uh, founding uh, president uh, emeritus. Uh, my dad, Tom Denell, wrote, which was the benefits of trees from the perspective of a tree. So the tree spoke. And, and so that's what got me thinking, hey, maybe there could be a play. Maybe there's a talking tree. And anyway, so creative energies Isn't yet to come. Isn't there a book like that? What's that well, book called? Well, there's The Giving Tree, yeah, right. which is a fabulous book. You should, uh, you know, all, all <laughs> listeners who are going to be at the baby shower take uh, tree books. But The Giving Tree is a wonderful book. Um, and yeah, the tree gives and gives for that little boy. That's right. I totally yes. remember that. Yes. It's so cute. Um, so how do you get a tree planted on city land? Or if you're, like you said, that they are looking to do this and let's say there's someone very interested or they would be willing, like they're going to raise their hand. What do they do? So in Kamaki, we've got this engagement process that's, that's working. But, um, if you're not in that Kamaki area, uh, the best thing to do would be to contact the Division of Urban Forestry. And we've got the link on our website. Um, and then just recently, I, I got introduced to this 311 app. I don't know if you've, if you've heard about it, but uh, people can download it. And it's actually the way you can interface with the city on myriad issues. So, you know, whether it's your garbage pickup or maybe it's a, a non-emergency complaint with police or, or so flat forth. Flat tire? And I've actually, yeah, well, flat tire potholes would be a good example. Example. Or how about I, I, screws? No, yeah. That's, so, we'll say that so, for another. So this 311 app, I give the city a lot of credit. I actually used it because I heard about it. I was like, really? So I downloaded it. And in Manoa, there was a tree, um, Manoa where I live, there was a tree that was damaged uh, by, ironically, the crew that came in to prune the trees but oh. anyway um and i posted a picture on our uh, instagram account and it's just terrible i i'm not an arborist i look at that and i'm like this tree is going to die because it, as if the branch was just ripped off and so i took it in this 311 app you can take a picture you can attach it you there's actually one of the 20 or so drop-down boxes is tree maintenance. Or, mm -hmm. and, and so I just clicked on Sometimes that. Sometimes they fall, right? And yeah. Then you have to report me help. Well, that them. yeah, that would be more an emergency oh, kind okay. of, uh, if, if, especially if it was blocking. This wasn't an emergency. Um, this is just sad tree, going to die. Uh, want you aware of it. So I used this app to report it. And I, I could have called the people or emailed the people I know at Division of Urban Forestry, but I wanted to see, does it what actually happens, work? Right? And so I got a phone call uh, really? last week. Uh, it was How a, long did it take? It took probably, it was certainly under 10 business days. I would say oh. maybe like five business days or so. It wasn't, it wasn't like instantaneous. <laughs> I want to really uh, temper your uh, excitement. But but I got a call back from um, a person uh, in the urban forestry saying, hey, they got my complaints slash input. Um, they saw the tree. Yeah, it looked like the tree trimmers who went out there on this um, uh, assignment uh, damaged the tree. They're going to remove it, and then they're going to plant a new one. And oh. so one small victory, I, I think the sad part, of course, is if the tree hadn't been damaged in the first place, then we wouldn't have need, needed Well, I mean, this, there could be a lot of things that would be a reason why to, you know. So the same app, I, so now I'm getting really excited. I, I, <laughs> I, also in my neighborhood, not in Kaimuki, I see like three uh, uh, planting locations. And so I use that 311 app to say, take a picture and say, hey, I think you could have a tree here. No, we're talking about um, a sidewalk median and then a traffic kind of triangle. Um, sadly, I haven't got a response yet, but it hasn't been 10 business days. So um, I'm hoping to get a response and, and we'll see. But I think the city, uh, of course, they can speak for themselves, but they have a reluctance to just go out and plant the tree unless, again, they know 
somebody is like there that care. can help care for it because they don't have the resources to go around right. and water all the trees in those very important early years of its life. So I encourage your listeners, download the 311 app anyway, uh, just to see what's on it, but but uh, try it out. So how can, can you explain how you decide what trees to plant and where? So... Um, I know that's a loaded question. Yes. So the most important thing is I don't decide. Um, we uh, blessed on the board of Trees for Honolulu's Future. We have um, uh, several certified arborists. They, they're they amazing. They can look at the environment. They can look at the soil. They can, you know, this, this tree isn't going to make it here. or This is going to cause problems 10 years from now. So that's the, the uh, first advice. Know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. I do not know enough about trees to know what to plant where. So talk with an arborist who can help guide you. Um, that's really, really, really the most important uh, thing to do. Okay, and how much does it cost to plant a tree? Like, and then, you know, just, I guess, the life of maintaining it, would you, is there some kind of number that someone has, generally speaking? Uh, good question. Like for it, the it, city, it, when they right, plan right. to do 100,000 of them? Yeah. Um, well, and I should be clear, the 100,000 trees is not just the city planting. They're counting on homeowners yeah, and, okay. and others, community groups and others. Uh, I planted an avocado tree in my backyard. Um, so, so 900. Yeah, 9, that, exactly. <laughs> so one less tree. I did went, go on the site and register my tree, too. Um, so it depends. It, you know, the if you're planting, in my case, the avocado tree was free because my neighbor gave it to me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you go out to a nursery and uh, it was just engaging with a University of Hawaii professor and, you know, he wants a five to seven foot uh, co-tree and, uh, you know, it's going to cost you some money. And, and in general, the bigger the tree, the more expensive it is. Um, so... It, but also you'll kind of get a bigger head start on, on the tree life, uh, although there's other issues there that, again, an arborist will tell you about the roots and so forth. If the tree gets too big and you try and replant it, it can be uh, problematic. So uh, the initial cost of the tree, it depends. Uh, and then you'll want to you know get things to make the soil better, fertilizer and so forth. So, um, I, you know... I'd say a rule of thumb for a homeowner might be like a hundred bucks or so to, to, you know, when you think about all your costs, you got to dig the hole and so forth. And this is, you're doing it yourself. You know, if you hire someone, uh, like the city contractors will be about $600 to, to, to dig the hole, to, you know, buy the tree and they're, they're not planting like a, you know, six inch. But does the city pay for that themselves? So the city will, will, uh, get landscape companies to come in and do, do planting. So, you know, but you're talking, you know, the, uh, saplings probably three, four feet tall, you know, yeah. And, and yeah. And, and they're also going to make sure that the, they're not, and this is really important, not to just plant a tree and it's going to die 15 days later. So they'll guarantee that you'll get it up to the first 60 days of its life and Mm. so forth. So that's really uh, important. And then the ongoing costs, um, you know, it depends. You got water, uh, if you need to uh, water the tree and, you know, ultimately, again, depends on the type of tree, but you've got to prune it. Uh, are you doing it yourself? We've got some great advice on our website on how to prune properly. Because that's, oh, you that's know, yeah, know. that's not, you know, it's not helpful to just cut branches willy nilly. Um, so, um, but you can hire someone to do it. Exactly. And, and, you know, that can be expensive. But all that aside, whether it's $100, $600, whatever, the benefits of the trees, and this has uh, been empirically proven, about three times more benefit than cost. Mm-hmm. So back to what I was uh, talking about earlier with the citizen foresters, they go out into the community, uh, measure these trees, and we can monetize, we can identify that tree produces $300 of value. And it might cost the city or the homeowner $100 a year in water and pruning and other things. But that's the general rule of thumb. The tree will return three times more benefit than its cost. Awesome. So I did want to dive into a couple things that 
I guess would be more partnerships or ways to work with you. So um, I actually just helped with the um, charter of a uh, eco rotary we just started. Um, I have and, not uh, heard of an eco rotary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The tables will turn. Tell me more yeah. what that is. So we did. We just started um, an eco rotary in Kakako. So it is in Honolulu, and um, it's really focused on environment, of course. And there's only a few of them international wise. And I was really interested in this because of um, sustainability, of course. Mm. But in addition to that, which I found out, and I and I didn't know very much about Rotary, but of course there are a lot of volunteers doing great work for the community. So um, this one was is just hyper focused on the environment and you know climate change and things to um, to better where we live. So um, this one specifically, I know trees. And planting trees is a topic of discussion for our group. So I definitely will reach out to you, but ways that maybe our group can work not only with, I think part of it with this eco rotary is that the other rotaries, we have, I think over 50 of them mm. statewide that um, they are doing a lot of social work and different types of um, community service. But when it comes to the environment, some of the newer things that haven't been done yet, that's common, you know, that's not common for them to do all the time. They're interested in it. So they're coming to us and asking, what kind of environmental things can we help with? Or if you put something together, we'll jump on board, um, whether it's funding or whether it's, um, you know, working together and, you know, having more volunteers. So um, I'll definitely come to you uh, with, a, with a project probably in the near future on, on that one. Um, so stay tuned. Um, but I would love to know the different types of things that we could do. And even if you already have things lined up and planned and then you need some volunteers, um, that's also, we're, we're an outlet that we can, you know, either solicit for volunteers or partner with you in some way. So that's, that's terrific. Maybe you might want to join or someone from your group may be interested in joining their Rotary. Well, I've not been a Rotarian, uh, but I do know the Rotary clubs are full of passionate people. They are driven and they're, they're not talkers, they're doers. So um, this is really exciting. Well, to make it even more exciting, which I didn't know until we started this up, is that the International Rotary Conference is actually coming to the Hawaii Convention Center in June 2020. So that is a big thing. And they have made a very big effort to move into having it be more eco-focused and things like that too. So I'm really excited to see because we're looking at 17 to 25,000 Rotarians coming to Hawaii. And I know a lot of them will want to be doing good stuff. Um, So any projects that we can work on, and maybe this might be one of them, we can get all of these Rotarians to come and plant a whole bunch of trees in June. (laughs) So we will talk to you. (laughs) We look forward to that, and then June's not the best time to plant trees in yeah, Hawaii. That but could be but, true, but but maybe but that aside, there there's there's ways to channel this real um, energy and this real need, so we can figure it out. Um, you know, or even doing the research or yeah. finding tree, like we can. Well, we'll and, come and up you with know, something. when you talk about Rotary too. Um, it's a global organization Mm -hmm. and that's what's really impactful too about trees you know um sometimes uh cities or or you know famous people i know that the emperor of japan came to hawaii and visited the tree that he and his wife had planted during their honeymoon you know 40 years prior whatever you know and and it was like friendship like this tree from Japan came to Hawaii, was planted in Kapiolani Park, you know, things like that create emotional bonds between people. And Rotary is that same kind of power. Um, and then, too, the, the, what we're facing here, just a big picture, we're spending a lot of time talking about Hawaii, but big picture, this is a global issue. issue. And, Correct. you know, the Amazon and the burning and clearing, you know, these are, we're all connected and the the, uh, solutions are going to have to take global action as well. The thing about Rotary, which is very neat and I didn't know it either, is if you, you know, we start a project here and it 
is something international we could partner and it could be a really big thing and when it when you do get the international involved then there is a lot more funding that comes into place to make a huge impact much bigger yeah. than you than you could possibly think because of the funds that they have so we're really excited to get this up and running and i'm um I'm working on their membership chair side, so I will probably. So you're to, already trying to sign I'm me up once, to now sign you, you up, but not, I think it'll be a great. This will be a great project, you know, to also work with, you know, and that's that's the whole point of what we're doing is we want to partner with all of these different organizations that are really helping Hawaii's future. So that's a big thing. Another thing I also do is I have a hiking group, and we do a lot of different hikes. Um, Back in the day, I did. I was actually a team leader for one of Kupu's. Actually, before mm. then, it was Hawaii Youth Conservation Corps um, in Maui for the summer, and so we actually had the opportunity to go to a lot of DLNR, all these different mm. places, mm. learn about the different types of plants, what's invasive and what's not, and things like that. So, what I my husband was just saying is, why don't we? host something some kind of hike we're actually on a hike it's a smaller group but where we're with an arborist or somebody Mm. that could like have three different sections so one would be you know invasive and native species or plants you know and that would be like the main focus and another one would be maybe on like the hawaiian birds and one on you know just the insects or something like where it's a series and we are working with other groups so one would be, you know, reaching up to you on the arborist side. Absolutely. Finding somebody that would go on a hike with us, okay. maybe partnering with the Sierra Club or somebody else. Um, I don't personally have my own club. I just have a group on Facebook. But um, to where it's a small enough group, I'd love to do like video of it and, you know, do the whole thing. But then also so we could share it. But then also it'd be an interesting experience for people. Well, yeah, I would be happy to reach out to, to see which arborist also wants to hike and and what would be of interest and you you raise a really important point in in trees for honolulu's future we're we're pro trees and what i mean by that they're they're groups um who are very much focused on native Native, trees um and we salute that we we respect it we absolutely celebrate it but we also feel you've got to have all kinds of trees and it's important for setting yeah yeah Yeah. it's important because of the setting it's also important because you don't want to create a um monoculture of trees because then when a disease comes it can wipe out and ohia rust is a good example of this you know you want a diversity of trees um and the forests are different than the lowlands and and jungle right so (laughs) so you know i I, you know there are people like oh i hate monkey pods um well you know, the monkey pods on Kapiolani Boulevard really provide a great canopy and shade and some of the benefits we talked about before. And for that setting and that environment, they're appropriate. Yeah. Now, I'm not advocating for, oh, let's go up into the forest reserve and plant <laughs> monkey <laughs> pod trees. Not a good idea. But, but I really want to stress, um, we believe there's a lot of room for every kind of tree that's appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other, the last thing I had, had um, I wasn't able to attend the conference that you guys had in 2018. Darn it! What was wrong? I was had it? no idea about it. Okay. But as I was on your website, yes. like I said, I was reading about it and it looks really interesting. And I was wondering, is this something you will do regularly or was this more to get everything running and started so you sound like one of our board members who said when are we going to put on another conference (laughs) Uh, at a recent board meeting and uh i will be uh give you an evasive answer which is we may do another conference or we may not the purpose of that particular conference uh was well served which was to bring people together who had some touch of trees and the exciting part is that the outcome were people saying, wow, I've never seen that such and such here, a tree conference. So had, what had happened up until that conference, people, different groups had their own little discussions and they talk well, basically, yeah, yeah, basically amongst themselves. So if you were a planner, you did, you know, American Planning Association, Hawaii chapter, you might've been talking about 
climate change or landscaping or whatever. If you were an arborist, you were talking Aloha Arborist Association, good groups, but they weren't talking to each other necessarily. So that, that conference, uh, and what we're trying to do is we're not trying to replace anybody. Exactly. There's lots it's of organizations that are doing good work. What we're trying to do is to connect people and yeah. connect organizations and that's what that conference did very well um, and in fact uh, Sharon Snyder who is uh, the uh, convener of Envision Kaimu Key she was at that conference and Trees for Kaimu Key came out of that conference awesome. because she was thinking hey I got this community group want to do something how do I put the pieces together mm -hmm. so um, whether we have another conference or not I don't know but what I do know is that conference helped connect some folks tree and, people yeah tree people and and that's a good thing so yeah. well more to come that's definitely what we're trying to accomplish with smart living Hawaii one of our goals is collaboration so what I'm starting to see with all the different sectors of sustainability is that they are doing just what you're doing. They're putting a conference together that gets all of the same people with the same visions and the same movements in one place and figure out how they can master it and do it better. Um, but once it gets to that place, the next step is then integrating with the other sectors. So that's where I feel I'm trying to then have the sectors you know, connect with each other. And then also the third part is to get the community and education for them that they're attending these you know conferences and that more people besides just the people that are already rooting for that mm. specific sector or that specific you know mission it's not the same people all the time because right now this is new for you guys that you guys all got together but some of these like energy and if you're like in certain environmental groups and things like that it's the same people that show up every time and they're eager to just have new people come in you know and new new bodies and new people that are caring about their the causes so that's the next thing and what we're trying to help is to bring the people that you know maybe don't know anything about it they might be interested and if they can start attending some of these conferences and some of these you know symposiums or whatnot then they'll get more involved exactly so that's the goal so i think you should have a conference <laughs> okay. but it should expand to the the public maybe uh, well the public uh, was definitely invited and, yeah. and some just kind of i, I mean See, i don't, I didn't need I don't mean it as a pejorative <laughs> sense but some average citizens came too yeah, which is great awesome. you know there's no pre-qualification to care exactly and you know again trees that just uh, i don't want to oversell it but so obvious the benefits of trees that uh, people get it and, yeah it's um, so obvious but overlooked yes yes so well thank you so much i would like to wrap this up before we hit the hour and um thank you so much for coming and talking with me today and um thank you all for listening don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at www.smartlivinghi.com. Also follow us on Instagram at, at smart underscore living underscore Hawaii. And like us on Facebook. Mahalo. Until next time, live smart. Aloha. Thank you.